You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And welcome back. Thanks for joining us. I am Heather Caro. Yeah, we're very happy to have you joining us. This is Deacon Paul Trinan. We're broadcasting today. It's a kind of a unique day. Every other month we broadcast from the Abbey of the Hills Retreat Center up in northeastern South Dakota. And um, yeah, so we've had, we've had a couple of varied um, um, guests this morning, Heather. We mm-hmm. had one who um, we started off with was a local farmer kind of experiencing some grief with his father passing away. Then we transitioned to a, a priest from the New Orleans Diocese um, talking about a uh, a beautiful way of prayer of entering in more of a relational prayer with our Lord that we were just bantering about. Yep. And then concluded with a young man who, a young father, a young man, um, talking about his journey into the Catholic faith. Well, now we're going to shift gears and we're going to talk politics. Yeah, it's been on everybody's minds, whether they want it or not. It's been on all of our minds. And so we thought we would have Jason Adkins from the Minnesota Catholic Conference on with us to kind of go through some of the results of the election or lack thereof results of the election. Jason, thank you for joining us this morning. Good morning. Great to be with you. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Jason. I don't know if we go to several Several um, states within our, our listening area. Tell us about the Minnesota Catholic Conference. Tell us about Jason Atkins. Well, the Catholic Conference is the public policy voice of the Catholic Church in Minnesota. The conference is literally the conference of bishops. It's not an event. <laughs> um, there's a North Dakota Catholic Conference, a South Dakota Catholic Conference, uh, with some very able leadership there, and you're very blessed by that. But I'm an attorney by training. Don't hold that against me. Uh, but uh, see myself as an advocate and a missionary. Uh, for the gospel in our state legislature and with our congressional representatives. So it's a blessing and a privilege to be able to bring the Church's voice into the public arena as first and, primar- and foremost a missionary, but then as an advocate for life, dignity, and the common good. Beautiful. So, you know, a lot of things were going on with the Minnesota um, legislature yesterday. Um, what were some of the results that surprised you, or are you surprised by any of the results? Well, really a status quo election here from what we know uh, in Minnesota. The uh, Democrats are likely to hold our state house, um, although Republicans are probably going to pick up five to six seats, um, narrowing the uh, majority that the Democrats have in the House. And in the Senate, um, still a lot of uh, votes outstanding in some very, very close races, particularly in Rochester uh, and in St. Cloud. But it appears, at least at this point, the Republicans will hold the Senate, which uh, will be will maintain our our identity as the only state in the nation with a divided state legislature. So if things hold as of now, that will continue to be a dynamic here and make for our budget negotiations in 2021 very very difficult because you'll have two different ideas of how to meet that uh, four to five billion dollar deficit that we may be having uh, in the next cycle. Wow. Yeah. That's Minnesota is such an interesting political state. It really state. is. I, I, I mean, I mean, I was, I was <clears throat> kind of playing some. I didn't wasn't live, but I was listening to some of the Republican National Convention speakers, and lo and behold, here's a here's a fellow from the Iron Range, one of the communities up there, who's a. Uh, I think he was one of the mayors up there, Jason, that was speaking speaking at the Republican National Convention, and and if you don't know, uh, the Iron Range of Minnesota, pretty blue. Yeah, pretty blue. So, 
It once um, was, at least, yeah. Uh, the union workers, miners, um, socially conservative, but um, very pro-union and pro-Democrat. But that is uh, rapidly changing as Democrats, at least in Minnesota, are uh, against mining, pro-environment. So you have urban pro-environment Democrats, and um, Democrats are losing a lot of ground in the Iron Range because of the mining issue. That's what I was going to ask you about the dynamics of uh, of the political scenes in Minnesota. It, it appears South and North Dakota are kind of staying the the way they are, mm-hmm. but but what about Wisconsin and, and Minnesota? Like you just described, Minnesota. What what would you say about Wisconsin? I know it's it's outside of where you're at, but well, it's interesting. It's the you know we joke about Wisconsin being the land of Catholic deer hunters, and Minnesota is the land of Lutheran deer hunters. Uh, it's certainly <laughs> a, a mixture of both in between. But you're seeing, at least in Minnesota, and I think uh, in Wisconsin too, you have just strong strong division between um, rural areas and urban centers. And that's just a dynamic that you have very progressive uh, politics and uh, among uh, in urban centers and suburban areas with, you know, you just see the class divisions shaking out. I think that's one of the dynamics of this election that you're seeing nationally is Republicans are quickly becoming uh, the party of working and middle class uh, folks of of multi of a lot of races. I mean, strong showing uh, among Latino voters for Trump, uh, and the same with African Americans too. You actually had him doing worse among white males, um, and uh, and gaining significant ground among African American and Latino voters. So, yeah, as the as the Democratic Party becomes the party of the wealthy and the elites, uh, particularly in urban areas and the suburbs, but at the same time, a number of other groups. Uh, on the other end of the socioeconomic spectrum, the Republicans are are consolidating as the party of middle America. Ross Douth out of the New York Times wrote a book a number of years ago called Sam's Club Republicans and how uh, Republican politicians needed to be uh, paying attention to the interest of Sam's Club or Costco voters. That was their base. And this election, hmm. uh, for all its uh, status quo dynamics, it seems, generally in the even way in which the country is divided, seem to be showing some shifts in the landscape in terms of party affiliation. So that's, uh, I think, an interesting thing for people to watch. Jason, i got a question for you. Okay, okay what in the heck is... <laughs> why are we even as Catholics... Why are we doing anything with politics? Um, I get this question from some of my family members. Oh. Or, for example, Bishop over here in South Dakota, Bishop Donald DeGroote, who's originally from Minnesota, Correct. He, gave, yep. Great he, he gave a homily that... Great, a holy man mm-hmm. gave a homily this weekend. All Saints Day was Sunday, and and I'm looking, and I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. He talked about the um, the political. Um, what do I want to say? The stances. Yeah, or... but the, but the the, the, the political uh, what, what, the Republican platform versus mm-hmm. the. And he went into the platform, and and yet some of the people that are responding to him that you're reading below after you see the broadcast. Like we shouldn't be doing this. Shame on you, Bishop. You know you shouldn't be entering <laughs> politics. Let's speak to them, Jason. Where are you at with that? Well, it, it, we live our discipleship in the social sphere, so it's not like Catholicism and our faith is simply a practice of pieties. It's it's loving God and loving our neighbor as well, and so we love our neighbor in a bunch of different ways. Um, we. Uh, serve the poor and the vulnerable through our charitable ministries. We have hospital ministries, educational ministries, our schools. Um, So we live our faith in society and in social life. And part of social life is political life, making laws where we as a community decide how we order our lives together. We have to create structures that promote human flourishing and the common good. So when we participate in that process, and that's what the Church calls us to do, 
participate in social life and the political process. We work for the good of our neighbor. That's the very definition of loving our neighbor. Hence, Pope Francis, um, speaking with the mind of the Church, says politics is one of the highest forms of charity because it serves the common good. So this idea that, that we need to just focus on the gospel and not get involved in politics um, is a false dichotomy. Certainly we don't need to be partisan. We should always be principled. A partisan church is in many ways an apostate church. But we do need to be participating in public life, loving our neighbor, because through loving our neighbor, we evangelize others. That's why I meant earlier in the conversation when I said I was a missionary at the Capitol. When we speak to those truths that build up life and build up the common good, support human dignity, we speak ultimately to the author of those truths, and that's the person of Jesus Christ, and that's part of our evangelical witness. So we can't create a false division between Christianity, our faith, uh, the gospel, and politics. In fact, participating mm. in social life is, in fact, part and parcel of our role as disciples. Absolutely. I, it, I don't know how you could have one without the other. I don't... I well, don't. It, it came out in Amy Coney Barrett, Coney Barrett's um, nomination, you know, struggles and things like that. You know, we're called to live out, like you said, as missionary disciples, missionaries, disciples of love. Yeah. Of our neighbor. Of God, of our neighbor, of God, of our neighbor, of God. So I, I thought maybe you brought that out as you were introducing yourself, Jason, as a missionary, a little tongue-in-cheek, but I'm glad I, we followed up with that because there's no tongue-in-cheek to it at all, is there? No, that's, we, we wouldn't have a credible witness of the gospel if our bishops, for example, weren't speaking to the injustices. Um, if you go back yes. and look at the, the church's missionary witness, you know, one of the reasons that the, the bishops, the, the Pope Leo XIII and Rerum Novarum, they defended the trade unions and the working unions because if we didn't reach people in their moments of need and their moments of existential crisis, how could we evangelize them? The same with Pius XII with regard to migrants and refugees after World War II, demanding that part and parcel of our witness as Christians was to reach out to displaced persons who in that time of deep need need the care and pastoral solicitude of the Church, and it's the way, of course, that we evangelize them. If we're not a credible witness of the Gospel, why would we think anyone would be Catholic? <laughs> that's, yeah. the, that's the simple truth of it. It's about Jesus and helping people meet Jesus. And if we're not loving our neighbor and reaching out to them and speaking to the injustices of the world and expressing care and pastoral solicitude, we're not going to have a credible witness of our faith. Amen. Well, and, you know, I'm going to be completely honest, because I always am, and uh, I don't like politics. It stresses me out. It makes me nervous. I don't like it. But it's not always about what you like and what you don't like. Sometimes you just have to be involved because it's the right thing to do. Whether you that's like how it it's not. a that's how it's a form of charity, and it requires sacrifice. Uh, loving your neighbor is not always a pleasant thing to do. Um, you know, love and dreams is easy. Love and reality is difficult, as mm. both Dostoevsky and Dorothy Day said. <laughs> you know, it's a challenge, <laughs> but you've got to get in there, and you've got to. You know, that's what we have to do: is we have to make sacrifices uh, for the common good. And if we don't like the political landscape, if we don't like what's going on, then we have to ask ourselves as an examination of conscience: what are we doing to change that dynamic? If we don't mm. like the candidates, then why are we not promoting better candidates? encouraging those candidates to do better, running for office ourselves. How many homilies have you ever heard from priests uh, encouraging people to run for office, and not Congress or President, but school board, county commissioner, mayor? There's many cities in rural sta- in, in the rural parts of our states, they can't find city council persons, they can't find mayors, because, hmm. you know, pe- people are they're disgusted by politics, they don't like it, they'd rather Netflix and chill 
But if, if we don't have people participating, then how can we expect that laws will support human dignity and the common good? Love it. Love it. We only have a couple minutes, uh, Jason. Any last thoughts about the election, how it's going? Um, any thoughts for us? Well, in South Dakota, my friends uh, across the border are disappointed to see legalization of uh, recreational marijuana for folks 21 and older, um, uh, an, an injurious yeah. and an imprudent. You know, law used to be the case that law was uh, there to restrain vice. Now we have uh, law facilitating vice, and it's going to be a way that's going to impact young people, particularly those who are addiction-prone as well. Um, simply, uh, it's not a good way to create government revenue, and it's going to be a gateway drug to other things. A very injurious policy. We see states legalizing drugs. A uh, terrible, terrible thing, and uh, we're certainly standing strong against that development here in Minnesota. But I think for folks who are disappointed uh, by the election results or maybe buoyed by them, either way, we have to first pray for our elected officials, build relationships with them so that they know what serves human dignity and the common good. Most politicians care about three or four things. Mm-hmm. The rest of the issues, they're looking for direction from their constituents or their parties. So it's important to both shape the parties, but then at the same time, be in relationship with our legislators throughout the session. The phones are not ringing off the hook uh, at the Capitol, as I like to say, and five or ten people who care enough about an issue um, can really make an impact with their state legislator. Wonderful reminder. Wow. Thank you, Jason. Jason Atkins from the Minnesota Catholic Conference. We appreciate your wisdom, your words of encouragement, your words of counsel. Yeah. Towards um, this very, very important political process. Not only important last night, but it's important going forward. Absolutely. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. And then folks who want to learn more, mncatholic.org. Again, mncatholic.org. They can join the Catholic Advocacy Network and be engaged all session with us at the Capitol. Wonderful. Thanks, Jason, for your work. God bless God bless God bless your missionary discipleship. And you too. Thanks so much. All right. All right. Well, Deacon, that's the end of our show. That means that we're going to hear what's happening tomorrow. Eli, what have you got for us? Hey, thanks, Heather. Got a great show coming up tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Great show, just like today's show, hosted by Monsignor Patrick Schumacher, coming to you from Corpus Christi Church in Bismarck, North Dakota. They'll start off with Ken Darnell and a lot more, with a roundtable discussion on faith and business. Then, in the second hour, Father Josh Eli of the Diocese of Bismarck will tell us the importance of remembering the dead. All this and so much more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live. That's tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Of course, you can hear that right here on the Real Presence Radio Network, also online at realpresenceradio.com or on the Real Presence Radio app, anytime, anywhere around the world. Right back to you. All right. Thanks, Eli. Faith and business. I love it. I, I know. It. It, they're they're going to have a roundtable, so I'm really going to tune in to listen to hear how that goes. I think it's going to be definitely interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, my other life, I, I'm a, a business owner, and um, and that faith and that business has been so incredibly and strong in, in, in the fiber that goes through our business. So I really encourage folks to listen in, especially you young business owners. Um, get some of these words of wisdom and, and just mm-hmm. we talked about jumping off the cliff and mm-hmm. of faith and, and stepping off the cliff of faith as a business owner. That's, the, that's one of the most beautiful things I could encourage folks to do. So, good show tomorrow. Good show today. Good show today. It's, it always goes by too fast. Yeah, that, that last speaker, Jason, man, he is he was really, really on point. I boy. know. I was just, and, you know, I, I'm always honest. Politics are rough for me, but it's one of those things, one of those vices you just have to. Love know. and dreams is easy, he says. <laughs> Love and reality, that is sacrifice. Anytime, anytime. Yeah. 
God calls us to love, it always involves sacrifice and uniting yeah. our sacrifice to his. And so um, that's just a beautiful thing. I, just keep was, persevering. Sharp, man. Yeah, <laughs> I love I love that he reminded us to, that we have to keep on it. And reminded us to pray for our elected leaders. Yeah, pray for our elected leaders. And not, we don't we don't know who's going to win this presidential thing, but we as Catholics need to we need to commit to praying for our next president. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter what. No matter what. Deacon, will you send us off in well, prayer? Let's begin that way. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for being present to us today, Lord. Thank you for opening our hearts to your real presence in each other. We pray for our elected officials. We pray that your holy will may be done in our nation and in our hearts. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.